Welcome to the Writer's Spotlight, a project brought to you by Exhuming the Bones, the podcast for the Ohio chapter of the Horror Writers Association. Today, we are privileged to interview the Ohio chapter coordinator for the Horror Writers Association. Rami Unger is a novelist from Columbus, Ohio, specializing in horror and dark fantasy. He has written and published four books, The Quiet Game, Snake, Rose, and The Pure World Comes, and has a fifth, Hannah and Other Stories, due out in 2023. When not writing, Rami enjoys reading, following his many interests, and giving people the impression he's not entirely human. Welcome to the show, Rami. Hi, it's great to be here. I'm very excited. And we're glad to have you. You have a really interesting bio, Rami. And before we get into it, though, I just want to say you have some books there. And I I wonder if we can add into the show notes, but maybe you could tell our audience the best way to get for readers to find your work. Sure. Uh, Honestly, you can find my work on Amazon. A lot of them are also on Barnes & Noble. I think quite a few of them are on Apple Books, and I've got a few things on uh, Audible, a few things on uh, Google Play, especially audiobooks. If you search uh, my name, you'll find me, but yeah, m- the best place Perfect. to find me right now is Amazon. Okay, and it's Rami Ungar, R-A-M-I-U-N-G-A-R, is that correct? Correct. Don't worry about mispronouncing it. I'll correct you, but I don't get All right. mad. I, <laughs> Good. I'm so used to it. I... I can give Adina Menzel tips. All right. Good deal. <laughs> I, and I love that. <laughs> and it tickles me that people still find that joke funny years later. Well, I'll tell you what I find most interesting about your bio is that you say that you, and I'm quoting you, you enjoy giving people the impression that you are not entirely human. So especially as a horror writer, and you can take this anywhere you want, Rami, I just wondered if you would care to expand on that. Well, honestly, I just don't feel like I'm a member of the human race. I find the humans a lot of the time confusing. Ah, I mean, when you when you boil them down to characters and stories, they're pretty simple, especially horror stories. Their motivation usually is, I want to live. But regular humans, they're probably worrying about 200 different things at once. There's a whole lot of social protocols I don't understand. So I often have felt like uh, I'm not entirely human, maybe only half human, or that I'm something else in human form. And honestly, that just works for me. Besides, would anyone really want to be part of the human race? I mean, just the other day, I was reading about teenagers and TikTok stars making chicken with NyQuil. I mean, honestly, if the moment I think humanity can't get any dumber, the species surprises me and I think, oh my God, this is why they deserve extinction. <laughs> That's so, great. So maybe you're superhuman. I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. Uh, not so you're probably the kind of person who like, if you're watching a movie, like let's say like John Wick and John Wick mows down like 30 million people, you're just like, yeah, that's the movie. But the minute the dog dies, it's like tears. I know that's how I get. (laughs) Yeah, the dog was hard for me. (laughs) I'm like, poor puppy. What brought you to horror as a genre then? Like, as far as like what interested you in it or what kind of just pulled at you from the ether? Oh, I've always been kind of interested in the weird, the creepy, the magical. I got started in writing with Harry Potter, but what drove me towards horror was Anne Rice, may she rest in peace, and Stephen King. Happy belated birthday to him, by the way. It's uh, 
For those of you listening at home, it's about a day after his 75th birthday. And we're recording on September 22nd, so 2022. I read in the Vampire Chronicles when I was like 10 or 11, and I didn't understand everything, but I was fascinated by what I read. Then a year later, I started reading uh, Stephen King uh, with it. And from there, it was just, um, I just knew what I wanted to write, what I wanted to focus on. And years later, I'm, well, I've got some books out and people tell me they're scary. So I think uh, I've managed to accomplish my goals. Well, I, I think that's really interesting because not Mary and Kelly and I have like all talked and Stephen King, especially for like, I mean, he, he's the godfather of horror to a lot of us, at least our generation. And it's funny that you mentioned your jumping on point for him was it, because for a lot of people, it's not um, because it's such a <laughs> it's, it's not it's not <laughs> because it's such a big book. Um, I got it from like a signet paperback where the font size is 10 and it's like a thousand and ninety pages. It's a big book. And you know what? I did not realize that when I bought my copy. We were on vacation in Delaware, the state, not Delaware, Ohio. <laughs> Got to make a distinction when you're with Ohioans. So we were on vacation in Delaware visiting my maternal grandparents. And my family is a big family reader. So obviously we stopped by a bookstore to grab a few volumes. And I was just starting to branch out from Anne Rice. And I was looking for something. I recognized Stephen King as a name I'd heard of. And I recognized it because my cousins had had a copy of it on DVD, uh, the 1990 miniseries. And I was like, okay, I recognize that. Maybe it sounded kind of interesting. You know what? I'll buy a copy and I'll read it. Uh, it wasn't until I was already hooked that I realized it was over a thousand pages long. And by, by that point, I just did not care. I was like, I am hooked. I am terrified. I want to know what happens next. Let's keep reading. I hear you. I loved it, too. It wasn't my in book for him, but I loved I loved that book. So that's awesome. Yeah, me too. One of the things that we have talked about extensively on the podcast is finding our way into the story. So I'd love to know what your process is. How do you find your way into the story? How do you generate your creative ideas? Well, my ideas come from just about everywhere. I mean, I just had an idea for how to write a story for an anthology I've heard about by mixing in, in uh, the the anthology's theme with... Um, something I uh, read on the news. Generally with my, my processes, I, it starts with a very basic concept. Like, for example, just wanting to tell this story set with, with The Pure World Comes, one of my novels. The idea was just to tell a story set in Victorian England following this maid who gets caught up with this mad scientist. I developed some characters to focus on. I did the outline, continued doing research because it's historical fiction as well as horror. So got to get all that accuracy. Two months later, I had a novel and I was like, oh, wow. That Whoa, okay. You are superhuman. If you're telling me you just, you wrote your <laughs> novel in two months, Rami. And also I just want to point out, because we've, we've talked, the three of us have talked about, you know, our way into the story and your way in is reminding me of Mary's way in, which is to start with the setting, right? That's what, you know, mm. I want this setting. I'm going to research it. And then I'm going to kind of bounce from there, which I find fascinating, but not quite as fascinating as the fact that you can get, how many words is that? 
that novel, Rami? I want to say around 60,000. <sighs> wow. But yeah. That was, that's my record, two months. Um, the most I've ever done was two years, but I was working on that pretty inconsistently. Uh, my average is around maybe six months if I really apply myself. Let's see. Snake took about six months. Rose, I want to say maybe eight months. Pure World Comes, yeah, that was two months. And I'm currently two months into a new novel. And I have a uh, no couple novels um, that, well, just at this point, just one that uh, needs an editing to be edited mm -hmm. before I try submitting it anywhere. Uh, that one took me probably around six months, maybe seven well, I'm getting the impression you're not entirely human. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm kind of, actually, I mean, six to eight months is, is but the two month is very, it's, uh, but for any author, I think, to be finished in six to eight months is a great goal. So it's good for, I think, our audience to hear kind of some different time frames from you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say that The Pure World Comes was probably um, an outlier. I did not think it was going to be that long. I, I mean, I wrote it, I divided it up into chapters when I was outlining it, but I thought at most it might be a long novella. At one point I thought it would be, oh, this is going to be maybe 20,000 words at most. Then uh, I got past that point with room to go. And I was like, okay, maybe 30,000 more. <laughs> I'm going to get this done in 10,000 words. And then uh, one day I'm just like, oh, crap. It's 60,000 <laughs> words. I, Rami, you wrote yourself another novel. Way to go. I don't usually <laughs> say, oh, crap. But yeah. <laughs> I would say, thank you. I wrote a novel. I, I can relate to that. I'm kind of in that situation right now where I'm like, nope, I'm not. The story's not done yet. And here we go. I was not intending on writing another novel, just a short story. That's something a lot of writers have an issue with. They intend to write these very short works, but in order to tell the stories they want to tell, it ends up being much longer. There's this one story. I just finished it last night and I was hoping that I could submit it to this one magazine where the upper limit of sto for their stories is about 5,000 words. This is over 10,000. I was mm. just like, oh, yeah. Nope. Nope. No matter how much editing I do on this one, <laughs> it's not going to go to that one, to that magazine. I'm going to have to find somewhere else to send it. As far as a plotter, a pantser, or a planter, where would you say you lie? Because it kind of feels like just judging by your whole Victorian era no novel that you do a lot of plotting, especially if you have like the chapter numbers sectioned off before you're completely writing. Yeah, I am a major plotter. I think 97% of my stories, I write an outline and I usually stick to that outline with the uh, other 3%. The story is usually all right up here in my head. So oh, I, uh, from like, opening event to final word so, or final scene. So it's just a matter of getting it down into paper and finding the right words. And usually I can find the right words. They're usually about twice as many words as, as I intend, but yeah. It's almost like when you go to the grocery store, you know, did you find everything? Yes, I found that and then, you know, way more. <laughs> That's one way to butt it. Yeah. 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 So I want to talk, um, Rami, about characters, how you, you know, we, you said when you, you find your setting, this particular uh, novel that you started to talk to us about, and then, you know, the, the characters get introduced. Now your bio had talked about, and we've talked about your love of Anne Rice and Stephen King in terms of how you kind of found your way into horror. I feel like they are both solid 
character horror writers you know they they're strong their their characters are usually very strong so i guess i want to ask how do you approach character like what does your process look like when you are putting a character on the page that's a good question um well for me i feel like a lot of my characters i start out with like a basic idea of what role they play in the story and then a lot of other stuff comes together it's like their personality their history, their likes, their dislikes. Oftentimes, uh, characters are amalgamations or they're based off of uh, other people or other fictional characters. Like in the novel I'm working on now, um, which is a mummy novel, the male lead is very much um, based off of Dean Winchester from Supernatural. Definitely not as much of a party boy. So do you have a place you keep this information or is it all in your head? Is that, are we going to go back to the non I have a whole, uh, (laughs) I have a flash drive uh, where I keep all my stories. And usually with the stories, there's an outline on a Word document. And especially for novels or longer stories, that outline will have short little character bios, like what you might find on a Wikipedia entry. He, like, uh, uh, this character's name, uh, age 27. Uh, they're from small town Ohio. They've always wanted to go to Hollywood and become a great actor, but and life just seems to keep throwing things in the way. Do you have a corkboard? No, I don't. <laughs> See, the he's not person. <laughs> that's why. That's why he doesn't have one. Rami, we have a joke that the the one necessity is that you have to have a corkboard. And since you don't have one, I'm just going to keep going on this uh, <laughs> idea. I don't have a corkboard. I'm dude. That just feels too conspiracy theory laden to me. I think nice. it's in your head, your whole cork. It's all in your head. I think that's what we're going to go with. And do you, do you write like every day? I try you... to. Okay. For how I long? Def- um, usually a couple of hours. I usually try to get a cu- at least 500 words down every evening. Life doesn't always allow that because, you know, sometimes you're going to be very busy or you're going to be very tired and sometimes the words just don't flow. But I've managed to uh, cultivate a work ethic where I write uh, at least a couple nights a week and usually get around maybe 500 words at, at minimum down. If I really get into a groove, I can usually get about 2,000 words down before I have to stop myself. And it usually is a screeching stop. Mm. Otherwise, I look up and it's 2 a.m., or mm-hmm. later, and I have work in the morning, and I'm just dead tired and drained, and I just want to keep writing. Is your day job creative or no? Uh, it's more of a um, human resources office role, so it's not usually very creative. Occasionally, though, it does allow me to get some steps in. Nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Today I was in the office and I uh, had to go to a few different places just to pick up and drop off some stuff. But you no, know, not very creative. So I enjoy uh, being able to let out my creativity in the evenings. And hopefully someday, if I'm able to make a full time uh, job of, the, of my writing, and I keep hoping that every year this is going to be the year that I become a full time writer. I'll be able to get maybe I'll be able to 
write for maybe six or eight hours a day and get maybe, I don't know, 5,000 words down at a time. I think that's Stephen King's number, 5,000 a day. I, I know he, he, I think it's 2,500 actually. Oh, his number? You think it? Okay, well. That's something I, I heard in a video once uh, about him. Like he tries to get 2,500 words down. Before he writing. stops. Okay. And then he gets, uh, and he says that's a good way to get a good book uh, done within like three months. I can relate to that much more easily than the 5,000 because my sweet spot seems to be about a thousand a day when I have the time to do it. And that I had most of a book done in about six months. That's true. Yeah. Back when I was, um, there's a a sci-fi novel I'm working on right now, working on finishing. Um, uh, Kelly is helping with that, helping reading and everything. But right now it's just editing and kind of me rereading it, which again goes to what you were saying, Rami, about stopping because I part of me wants to instead of taking a book to bed which is how I fall asleep I'll fall asleep and a book will fall on my face that's how I fall asleep at night can relate yeah uh, so part of me has thought well I could just take my laptop to bed and I'm like I don't think I would ever sleep if I did that you don't Um, want that hitting you in the head either (laughs) yeah so I guess my whole question for you then is you said you had like a good work ethic and everything. And how do you keep yourself honest as far as like hitting that 500 word goal? Because there was probably for three weeks, I wrote myself kind of like a contract or like a to-do list. And each day, if I hit my thousand goal mark, I would like check it off. And once I thought I was in the mindset to keep doing that, I stopped having the physical paper and writing it down. And then I stopped doing it. I think it goes back to wanting to write full time. I see every word as like progress towards um, being able to fulfill that dream. With every word written, every writing session that's successful, every story that's completed and every story that finds a home, I'm a bit closer to being able to write full time. Granted, it's still a goal that's a while away because, you know, got a lot of bills, that need to be paid and uh, currently writing does not cover the bills but you never know what life is going to throw at you so I feel like maybe one of these days one of my stories will really get noticed really take off or maybe several stories will get a really great reception and who knows maybe suddenly I'm able to um, work less and write more you never know we'll see it's such a great attitude. I feel like people need to hear that. They need to hear that, you know, it's every day you're, you're putting in some time that you have a goal, Rami, you sound driven, you know, and that you, you just, you know what you want and you're still enjoying the process. And I guess I want to ask if you, you've given some really good advice, some pieces just to, for anyone to emulate, but do you have any general advice that if you were talking maybe to your younger self or to somebody who's, you know, aspiring to be where you are, what advice would you give them? I would say, first off, never be ashamed of what you write. Mm. Um, Cause I've met writers who are ashamed of Uh, what Mm. they like to write because they think their families might judge or because uh, the genre they prefer is has uh, some baggage attached to them or a reputation I met this 13 year old girl once who liked to write romance stories but she seemed really embarrassed about it and I had a classmate who did not want to share her stories with her family because she thought they would judge her 
And I'm just like, don't be ashamed of what you love. As long as nobody's getting hurt by it, keep writing it. And you know what? There's always something about what you write that's going to appeal to people, no matter what sort of story it is. I mean, take romance. It's a billion dollar industry. Take Mm -hmm. horror. People have been real. It's becoming something that people realize, hey, this is actually pretty cool. It actually gets that something about the human condition. Another thing, don't be afraid to try some new things because Mm -hmm. you might end up discovering something that could easily be made into a story. Uh, That's something my dad uh, gave to me years ago. Uh, I forget why he gave it to me. He told me once, try new things. You never know what you're going to love. And you know what? That has served me well. I don't think I would be uh, making home wine if I uh, had stuck to the straight and narrow, and that's something I do, by the way, I make home wine, trying to anyway, my first batch will be ready in a few months. Um, so is it for sale? Should we link to that, Rami? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to make it for myself and for close friends and family. Yeah. yeah, I think if I were to make it for sale, I need to get a license or something. I don't want to go uh, through okay. that. Okay. And, uh, Two more pieces of advice uh, that I would give. When people say, write what you know, Mm -hmm. what they're thinking is very different than what you actually do. Some well-meaning adult told me I should write what I know when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Because I was writing about vampires and serial killers and ghosts. And they were like, "Um, I'm a little worried that you're going to end up on the 11 o'clock news. (laughs) Why don't you write a nice story about a nice Jewish boy living in Columbus, going to a nice Jewish school and dealing with having a lot of younger sisters? And I was like, because that would be boring. I don't know. That sounds like a horror story in and of itself. (laughs) Maybe to some people, but I would have been bored as heck writing that. I can... I may have written some literary stories for classes in high school and college, but honestly, I had to work hard to make them interesting enough for me to write them because otherwise I would have just been like, oh my God, I am so bored. Why am I writing about Mm. college professors and middle-class families who are having ordinary problems like affairs or finances? When you actually write what you know, I mean, nobody actually knows uh, any vampires except the people who identify as vampires. Nobody, generally people who encounter a serial killer don't live to tell the tale. (laughs) True enough. This is true. (laughs) And uh, as far as I'm aware, nobody's actually uh, stopped Cthulhu from rising from the deep oceans. I was a college student. I could write from a college student's perspective. I could totally make a story about a student experiencing something horrifying during finals week, you know, besides finals. You're not limiting yourself to your experiences, but you're taking your experiences and utilizing them for your story. And the final piece of advice I would give is you really have to carve out the time to write. We've all heard someone say, oh, yeah, I would love to write, but I just don't have the time. What are you waiting for exactly? Are you waiting for a time fairy to come down and say, (laughs) "Okay, here's three hours a day to write. Nobody will disturb you. No, you've got to go out there or in my case, go up to my office and you got to sit down and you got to carve out that time to write. Does that mean sometimes you'll have to uh, not catch that latest TV show or maybe miss 
us hanging out with friends or me taking away time from your family? Maybe. But if you actually are serious about this, then you have to you have to really carve out that time, set a goal for yourself, and write. Otherwise, nice. you're going to be just imagining what if for the mm-hmm. rest of your life. Yeah, that's great, great advice. What about this idea of craft and people who are interested in getting better as writers and developing themselves? Are there resources that you use or how, how do you how do you constantly improve as a writer? When it comes to craft, up until college, I was mostly self-taught, and and part of me really is still self-taught. So, as far as resources go, I honestly would have to uh, say you have to rely on others. Talk to people; they have uh, different perspectives. I mean, I ask questions all the time in the Horror Writers Association Facebook group. And that's where I've gotten some really great advice about research, about characters, about publications. And also, you just got to keep reading. If you, King has it right. Uh, if you don't have time to read, you, you'll never be a great writer or something along those lines. Yes. But you really need to find in that time to read. And you, while you're reading, you got to learn from the story, even if it's just by osmosis. You don't have to like study every word, every line, but you should definitely see how, try to keep in the back of your mind, oh, that's how they did that. And that's why that's effective. Or I didn't like this novel. Here's what to avoid. Honestly, just keep practicing. You're going to find out, you're going to get a lot of rejections and a lot of disappointment before you start to see real results. But honestly, in the end, it's worth it. I mean, I've got three stories coming out in the next couple of months. And that all came from uh, practice and not giving up and keep submitting and keep trying. Well, I guess that leads us into the next question, which is, what is the most recent piece uh, that you're working on? Right now, um, well, last night I just finished uh, a story. It was partially inspired by, um, I went to uh, St. Louis where I was born last year. And I went on the St. Louis Arch and they take you up to the top in these little pods, sci-fi pods. So I really wanted to write a story around that. So that was a partial inspiration. So I finished that last night. Uh, my next project is to write a short article that a uh, nonfiction article that I would like to submit to a magazine that I've been published in before. Uh, hopefully they like it. And after that, it's back to my mummy novel. I got four chapters of that written so i'll probably go over those four chapters just to see what i've done make a few improvements start on chapter five get a few more chapters done and then maybe um write some more short works just because those are a great way to spread your audience to build your audience and maybe uh even supplement your income a little bit what is the piece you're most proud of that you have produced uh you know there's actually the one of my I have this one story that's coming out later this year on a different podcast, Tales to Terrify. Um, it's called The Dedication of the High Priestess. It's going to be out sometime before the end of the year. It merges the uh, mythos of the King in Yellow by uh, Robert Chambers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that classic horror story. Well, it, it's kind of like proto-Lovecraft. 
that makes any okay. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it combines the king and yellow with ballet, which is one of my many interests. As uh, in, do you do ballet or you like to watch it? I like to watch it. I wish I could dance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, so I'm very excited for people to read that. I think it's one of my best pieces yet. Um, well, I guess they'll be hearing it. It's going to be read on a podcast. And I, I have a really fun question. My question <laughs> for you, Rami, is um, it's actually inspired by the Actors Studio, and it's what is your favorite swear word and why? And I'm actually going to predicate this a little bit. So what is your favorite swear word both to say and your favorite swear word to write? And I wonder if they're the same. That is a unique question. I like that. Um, I forget which one of us brought who, which one was that, Mary? Yeah, that was me from the actor's (laughs) studio. I'm asking it, but it was Mary. So you can thank Mary for that. All right. I guess um, in first place, it would be fuck. (laughs) Of course. Yes. Another one. Both questions. Followed. (laughs) uh, That's the one I say the most when I'm pissed at something or if I made a mistake or if I've uh, or if I'm just really tired and I'm walking down the stairs and I'm just like, Oh, fuck. Why do I have to be up? <laughs> and, uh, but it's followed closely by son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> because all right. I love I'm saying that. I think uh, Olivia Benson from Law and Order SVU, she used to say that all the time when during investigation. She says it a lot less now in the show, but she used to say that in a lot of episodes. It just kind of rubbed on me. Mm. Do you think you use it a lot or do you think it's kind of just here and there in your writing? um, I don't usually swear that much in my writing unless it's really necessary. Like in the pure world comes, it was Victorian England. So not as much swearing, only a few instances. And for those of you wondering, the the F-bomb, fuck, dates all the way back to the 16th century. So it made sense for me to have a character use it. In a Victorian I love that novel. you know that. I, I do too. That you know that. I and did my I research. That. I did my research. Um, in other stories, it might be much more um, prevalent. Uh, for example, another story of mine that's coming out very soon, actually next month, the main character is a 15-year-old girl who's just seen a lot of the dark side of humanity. Uh, she says quite a few swear words, uh, including uh, the F-bomb. So yeah, that is uh, that is definitely uh, my word of choice. Since we're going to be like wrapping up and everything, uh, we want to know how our listeners can learn more about you. At the top of the show, you mentioned your books and how to find those, but I guess we want to know how people can find like your blog, or is there any other format that people can find you in? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, uh, I have a blog, RamiUngerTheWriter.com. I update it fairly regularly. Um, might actually update it tonight if uh, all goes well, if I'm able to. I also have a Facebook called Rami Unger The Writer, a Facebook page. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rami Unger Writer. I'm on Instagram, Rami underscore Unger underscore Writer. And Rami Unger, the writer on YouTube. Uh, those are my five main platforms. And I definitely update the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram fairly regularly. Um, YouTube, only when I really have something to post. But yeah, all of those are great ways to find me. And you'll probably also find links to my uh, various stories there. 
Yeah, uh, you liked listening to me talk about myself for the past hour or so. We have. Uh, Absolutely. Those You definitely uh, like, subscribe, um, follow those pages, those websites, those platforms. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to talk about writing together. One final question for you. Is there anything that we didn't ask that you wish we would have asked? Maybe uh, what are some of my other influences besides Stephen King and Anne Rice? Yes, please tell us. Well, I watch a lot of anime and I read a lot of manga. So that is something that's heavily influenced my storytelling. I am a big fan of manga and anime. I'm always watching a few series every week. My favorite anime is Overlord with uh, Sailor Moon being another favorite. Their manga is Red River by Chie Shinohara. I've read a a lot of H.P. Lovecraft, and that's been an influence of mine. I like uh, what cosmic horror tries to do. Every time I read, I try to take something from uh, the stories that I can uh, use to better my own writing. And Law and Order, this for you, has definitely been an influence. I just love that show. I know it's uh, Law and Order is nowhere near accurate to what actually happens in police work. Or it's only accurate to a very certain degree, but honestly, I love the fantasy and I love how it informs uh, my storytelling. Rami, this has been such a treat to be able to talk to you and and hear your wisdom and your wonderful positive attitude about keeping going and all this advice that you offer to writers. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for giving us your time. And, you know, it's really encouraging. I like to see your grit. I gotta be optimistic. Optimism is is a form of insanity, but it's the only way to stay sane in this crazy world. Nice. Yes. (laughs) Posting that on Twitter and Facebook later. You should. You should for sure. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) This podcast is a project of the Ohio chapter of the Horror Writers Association. For more information about the Ohio chapter, please visit ohiowa.wordpress.com.